Welcome to Positively 365, a podcast by Joe Wattis. We wish to entertain, instruct, and motivate. If nothing else, hopefully we can entertain and inspire you to live a more positive life 365 days a year. We hope you enjoy this message. I noticed an old man sitting on a park bench sobbing his eyes out. I stopped and asked him what was wrong. He told me, I have a 22-year-old wife at home. She rubs my back every morning and then gets up and makes me pancakes, sausage, fresh fruit, and freshly ground coffee. I continued, well then, why are you crying? He went on, she makes me homemade soup for lunch and my favorite biscuits, cleans the house, and then watches sports TV with me for the rest of the afternoon. I interrupted, well, why are you crying? He went on. For dinner, she makes me gourmet meals with wine and my favorite dessert, and then we cuddle the rest of the night. I inquired, well then, why in the world would you be crying? He replied, because I can't remember where I live. One kind word of encouragement, one smile, one hug at the right time can be life-changing. I am often amazed at how little it takes to put a smile on someone's face and raise their spirits. The writer Robert Fulgham once said, Yelling at living things does tend to kill the spirit in them. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will break our hearts. Yes, so true. Let me share an inspiring story with you. As a group of frogs traveled through the woods, two of them fell into a deep pit. The other frogs peeked in and told these two, that they were as good as dead as it was impossible for them to get out. Ignoring those discouraging words, these two frogs tried to jump out anyway. A little while later, one of the frogs lost its spirit in the constant discouragement of those words and gave up. It died. The second frog just kept on jumping. The more the others commented with discouraging thoughts and words, the harder he tried. Finally, he did it. He jumped out. Didn't you hear us? asked the frogs. I am a little bit deaf, he said. I thought you were cheering me on. The moral of the story? Yes, encouraging words can make the difference between life and death, success and failure. They can go a very long way, influencing the individual for years to come. In this week's episode of Positively 365, we will look at the awesome power of encouragement. But first, we have our trivia question of the day. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Which boxer was known as the greatest and the people's champion? We will have the answer when we come back. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? One of the ways we are able to continue is through listener support. 
simply go to www.anchor.fm forward slash positively365. From there, you can access every episode of the podcast. You can also leave me a message. And if you feel so inclined, you can click the support button for as little as 99 cents a month you can become a sponsor of this program. You will earn my undying affection and have the satisfaction of knowing that you are doing something to spread more positivity in today's negative world. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support financially and otherwise. Do you know the answer to this week's trivia question? The question is, which boxer was known as the greatest and the people's champion? The answer, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was born Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr. on January 17, 1942. He was an American professional boxer, activist, entertainer, and philanthropist. Nicknamed the greatest, he is widely regarded as one of the most significant and celebrated figures of the 20th century and as one of the greatest boxers of all time. He died on June 3, 2016. Now you know. Maya Angelou once said, People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Giving the gift of encouragement. Positive reinforcement brings big benefits to the giver and the receiver. Some I can think of right away are, it keeps us going, making us achieve what we would not have thought possible on our own. It makes us feel better. Everyone needs someone. I have my friends, family, and peers. We have the power to empower others. Just a kind word, a touch, a smile can transform someone's life. It can dissolve self-doubt. It makes the difference between life and death, as we saw from the story of the frogs. I know of people who were suicidal, but let go of the idea thanks to an encourager. It can build self-esteem. And you can start loving yourself even more. Let me share just a few ways to encourage others. When I notice something nice, I mention it. I like being descriptive, specifying what it is that I liked. When I receive great service from someone, I let the establishment know at the restaurant, at the office. When I hear a great suggestion, I acknowledge and let the person know how it helped. When I get together with a group of co-workers, friends, family, I remember to praise something they did and let everyone know. Group cheer is great. I am kind when I see someone feeling low. I say something nice. If they attempted something and didn't get the result they wanted, I praise their effort. I say thank you whenever I remember. You have no idea how it can boost someone's spirits. This includes 
an elevator operator, a security guard, a plumber, the guy at the ticket counter, the bus driver, and everyone else we tend to take for granted. I really could go on and on, but you know what I mean. It is easy to praise someone who feels low by reminding them of how well they did something, automatically motivating them to do their best, because now they believe they can. And guess what? When you practice this, your actions might inspire others to do the same. Now, how rewarding is that? Go ahead, change the world. Make a difference in someone's life. Live a life of purpose. You know you can. Now, I have an invitation for you. Can you think of a time when someone's words changed the course of your life? Or have your words made a difference in someone's actions or life? If not, find someone and encourage them this week. Jean Thompson stood in front of her fifth grade class. On the very first day of school in the fall, she told the children a little lie. Like most teachers, she looked at her pupils and said that she loved them all the same and that she would treat them all alike. And that was impossible because there in front of her, slumped in his seat in the third row, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs. Thompson had watched Teddy the year before and noticed that he didn't play well with the other children, that his clothes were unkempt, and that he constantly needed a bath. And Teddy was unpleasant. It got to the point that during the first few months, she would actually take delight in marking his papers with a broad red pen, making bold X's, and then marking the F at the top of the paper biggest of all. Because Teddy was a sullen little boy, no one else seemed to enjoy him either. At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's records, and she put Teddy's off until last. When she opened his file, she was in for a surprise. His first grade teacher wrote this. Teddy is a bright, inquisitive child with a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He is such a joy to be around. His second grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student, well liked by his classmates, but he is troubled because his mother has a terminal illness and life at home must be a struggle. His third grade teacher wrote, Teddy continues to work hard, but his mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest and his home life will soon affect him if steps aren't taken. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends and sometimes he even sleeps in class. He is tardy and could become a problem child. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem, but Christmas was coming fast. It was all she could do with the school play and all until the day before the holidays began and she was suddenly forced to focus on little Teddy Stoddard. Her children brought her presents, all in beautifully wrapped ribbon and bright paper, 
except for Teddy's, which was clumsily wrapped in the heavy brown paper of scissored grocery bags. Mrs. Thompson took pains to open it in the middle of the other presents. Some of the children started to laugh when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle of that one quarter full perfume. She stifled the children's laughter when she exclaimed how pretty the bracelet was, putting it on and dabbing some of the perfume behind her other wrist. Teddy Stoddard stayed behind just long enough to say, Mrs. Thompson, today you smelled just like my mom used to. After the children left, she cried for at least an hour. On that very day, she quit teaching, reading and writing and speaking. Instead, she began to teach children. Jean Thompson paid particular attention to the one they called Teddy. As she worked with him, his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded. On days where there would be an important test, Mrs. Thompson would remember that perfume. By the end of the year, he had become one of the smartest children in the class. Well, he had also become the pet of the teacher who once vowed to love all of her children exactly the same. A year later, she found a note under her door from Teddy telling her that of all the teachers he had in elementary school, she was his favorite. Six years went by, she got another note from Teddy. He then wrote that he had finished high school, third in his class, and she was still his favorite teacher of all time. Four years after that, she got another letter saying that while things had been tough at times, he stayed in school, had stuck with it, and would graduate from college with the highest of honors. He assured Mrs. Thompson that she was still his favorite teacher. Then four more years passed and another little letter came. This time he explained that after he got his bachelor's degree, he decided to go a little further. The letter explained that she was still his favorite teacher, but now his name was a little longer. The letter was signed Theodore F. Stoddard, MD. The story doesn't end there. You see, there was yet another letter coming that spring. Teddy said that he had met this girl and was to be married. He explained that his father had died a couple of years ago, and he was wondering if Mrs. Thompson might agree to sit in the pew reserved for the mother of the groom. On that special day, Jean Thompson wore that bracelet, the one with the rhinestones missing. On that special day, Jean Thompson smelled the way Teddy remembered his mother smelling on their last Christmas together. They hugged each other, and Dr. Stoddard whispered in Mrs. Thompson's ear, Thank you, Mrs. Thompson, for believing in me. Thank you so much for making me feel important and showing me that I could make a difference. Mrs. Thompson, with tears in her eyes, whispered back. She said, Teddy, you have it all wrong. You are the one who taught me that I could make a difference. I didn't know how to teach until I met you. The moral here is, you never know what type of impact 
you may have on another's life by your actions or lack of action. Consider that factor as you venture through life. Be an encourager. Thank you for joining us today. Please consider taking a moment to like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also connect with us and join the conversation on Facebook. Just search for Positively 365. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, stay positive today and every day, 365 days a year. The preceding has been a Canine Wattis production. Sandy, Rita, Levi, do you approve?